if you continue to learn off of any trips along the way, it's not a failure. It's just that growth cycle. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Indeed for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Right now, small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Indeed is the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash dreamjob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Also, thanks to Fiverr. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to F-I-V-E-R-R.com and use code DREAMJOB. Thanks to Fundrise for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at Fundrise.com slash DREAMJOB to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm really excited because the Property Brothers are here today. And when I first started this podcast three and a half years ago, I made a short list of about 10 people that I wanted to have on the show and they were on the show. It couldn't have been more delightful. I really enjoyed sitting down with them, but I have to tell you the entire day before the interview, I was so nervous and it just goes to show you, like, don't think that just because somebody's doing something that they're not still, you know, meeting their own edge and and feeling like they're out of their comfort zone because I feel that way all the time. Like when I had to interview Rob Lowe about two months ago, oh my God, I was like, why do I do this to myself? But he was also great. Um, and I guess it just goes to show that it's, it's scary, right? And I think that, you know, doing these things, we always think like, who am I to do this? And am I really ready? And I posted on Instagram the other day, you know, when is the perfect time to start? And the answer is never because we never feel ready. I don't think I felt ready to be a mother. I don't think I felt ready to start this podcast, to get married, to write a book. I don't think we do. I think that what happens is when we have the courage to just show up, it's amazing how we are, we are so much more prepared than we think. And the words come and somehow we, we know how to rise to the occasion. And so I just continue to say, you're needed. And, and if you're here, please, please, please like show up for yourself because the world needs you so badly. You know, there's 8 billion people almost in this world. And if you're here, it's because you're a missing puzzle piece. You know, my daughter and I were doing a puzzle the other day and there was a piece missing and it's so frustrating, right? It doesn't feel like it's finished. It doesn't matter if it's like the corner piece or the middle piece, or it's in the lower third. If there's a piece of that puzzle missing, it just doesn't feel complete. And it's a frustrating feeling. And I think when anybody is like playing it small, I think the world is just missing something and it's missing you. The doors to my program made to do this are open till Friday. I believe so strongly in this program. And the reason why is because I believe in you. And I've just seen over and over when we run this program, how much magic happens. And the reason why is because all I really have to do is unhinge you from all those limiting beliefs and show you a method to start taking action. And when you are really held and accountable and somebody is with you helping you implement the steps, all that brilliance just comes out and the answers come and the synchronicity lines up. So 
If you want to join us, you can join us if you go to madetodothis.com. We actually have a really cool bonus if you sign up by tomorrow night. Not only will you get Made to Do This, but you'll also get a session with Gina DeVee, who actually coached Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero wrote You Are a Badass. Jen was living in a garage eating cans of tuna fish and uh, at the age of 40, and she met Gina, and her whole life cracked open. So this program is going to be pretty epic, and uh, I'm here for it. So if you want to join me, go to madetodothis.com. I can't wait to get started with you guys. So enrollment closes Friday. All right, so let's dive into this interview. So the Property Brothers are here, Jonathan and Drew Scott. They are multifaceted entrepreneurs, designers, best-selling authors, twin television personalities with over 18 million monthly TV viewers, and they are the co-founders of Scott Brothers Global, a leading lifestyle entertainment company. Their shows are watched in over 160 countries, and they're ranked HGTV's top talent with over 1,000 hours of programming on the network every year. If that wasn't enough, this year they launched The Reveal Magazine, a quarterly lifestyle magazine, and Drew started a podcast with his amazing wife, Linda. It's called At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. They interview awesome guests, some of which we've had on this show, like Jonathan Adler, Leanne Ford. It's a great podcast, so you definitely want to subscribe after you listen to this one. And for all of you home renovation fans out there, their show, Brother vs. Brother, is coming out with season seven in just a couple days, September 9th. It's going to be 9, 8 central on HGTV, so mark your calendars because it's another incredibly entertaining season. Without further ado, please welcome the spectacular Jonathan and Drew Scott. Kathy, nice to see you. Uh, Nice to see you is an understatement from me. You guys, the two of you are so adorable and I've been watching you for so long and now I have to just act like I can breathe. I can't breathe right now. (laughs) I'm just going to pretend, I'll pretend. But I'm so happy that you're here. We're going to talk about your show that's starting in like a few days. We're also going to talk about your podcast, but it really is kind of a phenomenon how beloved you are around the world. And I'm not trying to be nice. I'm just telling you the truth. So my question, what maybe do you think is the reason you've created such a great connection with the humans in your audience? What do you think that might be about? I mean, we truly, we can say a whole bunch of things, but we know it comes down to the fact that we do slow motion renovations and tight jeans. That's really what hooks people in. (laughs) We were going to demonstrate that right now, but this is a podcast. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know what it is? Like, to be honest, I think uh, HGTV is the first to admit that our show, our original show, Property Brothers, it transformed the way people watched home improvement or design shows or just unscripted in general. And that we were just being ourselves. We weren't trying to be overly staged or, hello, this is the living room. For right. We're trying, not trying to use fancy design terms. We were just being ourselves. You can have fun and transform your home at the same time. Well, it, it, there's something remarkable about, you know, having a show like this that appeals to mom and dad and grandparents and kids, surprisingly. We would have five-year-old kids on the street that walk past us and they're like, mom, dad, look, it's the Property Brothers. And the parents are like, what the hell's a Property brother?" And the kids... <laughs> Love the tactile nature of what we do in the before and after. So something that really relates to everybody and anybody is pretty impressive. That was actually why we wrote, we have a kid's book series called Builder Brothers. And we've released a couple of the uh, Builder Brothers series books. And it's fun for us to cater to a whole young audience too, because in the book, it's Jonathan and me as kids. We were sort of these little schemers and always solving the problems of the other kids in the neighborhood. And it, yeah, it was just fun for us to be able to recant these old stories of how we used to sort of support the kids in our neighborhood. And now that's something that's um, inspiring kids. Today. I love it. And I think that you're right on. I think it's like, you're so sincere. You don't take yourself so seriously. Like I was definitely nervous all morning. I'm like, oh my God, I have to be on with both of them. And they're both so handsome and they're so successful. We were like that too. We're like, oh my yeah, gosh, of, Kathy's going to be on course. here. Yeah, of we have hard hitting questions yeah. for you too. Yeah. yeah. But like, you're so not intimidating. Like you're, this is why you're successful. You have no like affect. It's like, this is just us. We just do what we do. And people I think want to eat you up because of that genuineness. And you know what, that's why we always say too, you know, we do shows like Celebrity IOU where we are working with celebrities, but we're not celebrities. I mean, we, we always say that like Brad Pitt is a celebrity, you know, Michael Buble is a celebrity. We're personalities. People watch our show for inspiration in their home, or they'll listen to our podcast for a, a conversation about something that's topical and important, but we're personalities that people feel they can relate to. And totally. I think that's why it makes us more approachable. 
Yeah. And that's like the most humble thing to say because you're definitely celebrities, but I love that you don't think that you are. That's fine. We'll just go with that. So well, Drew's let's... definitely more famous than I am. So <laughs> Of course. Absolutely. That's what everybody says behind your back. So let's go to the beginning for one second because the way that I heard this, this wasn't even a thing. Like one of you auditioned to host something else and then you wind up with this crazy successful series that goes on and on, becomes other shows. What's the origin yeah. story? So, I mean, if we go way back, Jonathan and I were always go-getters. I mean, we just, we always were these little entrepreneurs. Our parents just loved how we were always go-getters. You know, you can't intro an origin story like that. You have to use a deep use voice. The voice. <laughs> there was one egg. It split. <laughs> yeah. Two babies. <laughs> one sitting on the head of the other in the womb. All right, now you can uh, But yeah, so we started our first business at uh, seven years old and we were making these decorative hangers and selling them door to door. We saw it at an arts and crafts What? Uh, you were making decorative hangers because that's like what every seven-year-old boy does. Well, oh, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't want to just collect bottles or do a, new, so a newspaper cute. route. We wanted to find a way to make more money. Well, it was, it was funny because, you know, being handy, growing up on a ranch, helping dad build the barns and the fences in the house and stuff like that, you learn a lot of that. Well, fast forward our first year of college, we were like, we don't want to be struggling actors and I'm a magician. So, you know, Drew was like, okay, you do your nerdy magic thing. That's fine. But <laughs> how can we fund all of this? So we started Hangers. getting involved in real estate. No, that, that time, that's when we were like, we got to do real estate. So we, we, you know, read every book we could. We managed to get our first property at 18 years old, only $250 out of pocket. And we were able to assume the mortgage of this guy who couldn't make his payments anymore. And at that time you were able to assume without qualifying. And so, um, you know, we learned all these stuff and one step after another, all of a sudden we licensed Drew as a real estate agent. I actually left, I was taking business in college. I left and, and went for construction and design. Yeah. And it was, it was a slow steady build. Cause in the beginning we didn't go all out with design the way we do now. It was small makeovers. We did kitchen, bathroom, basic laminate flooring. And then we would learn a bit more and a bit more. And when Jonathan went back to school for design and then as we're selling properties, we learned from the neighborhood what people wanted. And that's where we started to continue to elevate. This is the we best part though. So where, where did the TV come into this? So we were actors as kids. We did some acting as kids. Drew missed the acting when we were running our real estate business. So he started going on auditions again, but he was getting put out as a host because of his real, real estate, estate experience, expert. not as an actor. And he's like, this is BS. I want to be an action superstar, Tom Cruise. But taller. <laughs> and so then uh, Drew calls me and he's like, Dude, I landed a show. I got a show. And I'm like, amazing. Well, what's, what's the show? He's like, it's like American Idol for realtors. It's called Realtor Idol. And there was dead silence on the phone. And then I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm glad that that didn't yeah. take off. I'm glad that, so we kept at it. And I said to Jonathan, why don't we, you know, put ourselves on, on tape a little bit to try and pitch ourselves, you know, the twin dynamic and stuff. And so we did. Anyway, then I ended up, I remember 2008, we got, I got a call from a company that I had been pitched with recently. That was, that was the same pitch. The yeah. Rents are idle people. They said that they like me. They like the, the idea of Jonathan and me renovating houses. We pitched it to the network. In the very beginning, HGTV in the US, they're the largest in the home space in the world. And so HGTV US actually turned it down. And then HGTV Canada turned it down. And there was another network in Canada, W Network, Women's Network. They ended up picking it up and, and the executive literally said, two young hot guys renovating in tight jeans, I'll buy that show. And so within three weeks, we were the top show uh, of the night. Within a few months, we were the top show on the network. With those stats, they came back to HGTV in the US um, who, who basically took on the show. And again, within a matter of weeks, we were the top show of the night. And this is now since 2010, we've been the, one of the top shows on the network. I think it Insane. just shows you gotta do it differently. You got to do something. You, you don't want to walk the same line that's always been walked in. The network now has actually yeah, changed all their programming because of how we approached our relationship with the audience. And, you know, actually, <sighs> back to what your original uh, thought was, too. The one thing I'm glad we sucked our guns on, Jonathan and I are always very passionate. And if we believe in something, we want to go all in. And in the beginning, I remember the director was asking us to be very sort of stilted with the show. And when we walked people through, there was a certain way they wanted to have it. And I remember saying to them, I'm like, I know we're brand new. This is our first day on set doing this, but can we do one your way? And then can we do a little bit our way? Because we want to just be ourselves. And luckily that they showed that to the network and the network is like, wow, we've never seen this before. That's what we want. I can, I can actually tell you an interesting thing that nobody knows from the first season of the show. Ooh. There was another host as well with us. No it was way. the two of us. And I don't know if you know, um, Jill Hennessy. She's had a bunch of different Law shows. Yeah really, really talented actor. Um, she has an identical twin sister, Jacqueline Hennessy. And Jacqueline Hennessy was like our co-host 
where she would interview us, then she'd interview the homeowners. She was the voice of Love It or Listen, which people don't know as well. And so, yeah, yeah, she was our third host. It ended up just being way too much interviewing of everyone. And then the (laughs) network said, well, why don't we just have you guys talk directly with the homeowners? And then that simplified it so we could get right into the design. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was interesting. Jacqueline's amazing and very talented, but it was just too many hosts. It's so good. And I love that you guys had that gumption and the initiative to be like, let's just put ourselves on tape. I feel like one of the biggest things that comes up with our audience, who, by the way, everybody is your audience because we have 88% female listeners. They're all your people. And their biggest issue is this imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to do this? I don't even think I would ever put myself on tape. I'm How do you get over that? Like you never had that. You were just like, let's just do this. Like what do you advise people when they have talent or they have a great idea, but they're like, I feel like an idiot. I'm not even going to try. Well, first of all, let me point out that no, if Drew was not Drew, we would not have a show because I am not the type of person to go out and push and talk. Like Drew will walk into a room, introduce himself to every person at every table and say, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. He's, He's very good at the networking that way. So staying in touch with people, it's true. Like there's no one in the world who is going to go out of their way to make you a success except you. You, you right. have to put in that legwork. So nobody knows you exist unless they see you. So finding opportunities to put yourself out in front of people, take a bit of a risk. At the end of the day, I mean, I have no problem failing because failure is one of the key components to success. success. Every successful exactly. person will tell you that. And I think a, a big thing that is uh, a problem is procrastination. Um, and part of that isn't always just being lazy. It's a fear of achieving. It's a fear of going after what you want, because what if you don't make it? What I've always tried to do, you know, at a young age, we both caught with ourselves. Anytime we were procrastinating, um, I also, when I went to school, I studied kinesiology and I took psychology as well. And so it was really fascinating to understand what's going on in here, that everyone has some of these same issues that they do. So when you do something like you wash the dishes or you put the dishes away or you make your bed you're, there's a chemical release in your brain that gives you a satisfaction of accomplishment but the problem is what a lot of people do is they do all these little things that don't actually move them towards what their mm-hmm. ultimate goal is that bigger goal because it's so big to achieve people get scared to go after it so they do all these little things as a procrastination because it still gives them those endorphins and that feeling of success what we've learned to do is Catch ourselves when we're doing that, put the little things aside, and then break down the big thing into achievable chunks so that we know by the end of the week, I've actually done X, Y, and Z to move myself towards my goal. Drew's appearing in your neighborhood with his self-help seminar (laughs) next week. Yeah. But it's so good, and I love what you both just said, especially this idea of like not being afraid to fail, because when you're as successful as you are, there's going to be people who don't like you. There's going to be people who are not your people, and you kind of have to deal with that. Like, you're not every... I mean, people don't like Seinfeld. People don't like Italian food. It's like, all right. There are are people like Jonathan that don't like me. I mean, there are people that like things for different reasons or people for different reasons, and that's out of our control. We have discovered that that the people who like Property Brothers um, are proven to be smarter, funnier, sexier, sexier, better looking, um, mm-hmm. all around. They'll live longer. So <laughs> and they're longer. also and they're also your audience too. Yeah. yeah. No, I, um, we, we feel that way too. You know, we've helped over 400 families now on our shows. 400 renovations we've done for the shows, and the number of people that we've helped physically with the reno, but then the millions of people that watch our shows or they, you know, they're interacting with us on social media. We get. You know, each of us, we get half a million questions or comments each a week uh, from fans on social. That's insane. It's it's great because it's people who are getting something out of what we do. More people who say, how the hell did you renovate a bathroom for 10 grand? (laughs) Oh my God. What you guys do is not normal. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. There's so much happening in the world right now, and going through the headache of finding the right talent is the last thing you need to deal with. Thankfully, Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. We used Fiverr to do some Photoshop work for us, and it was so easy to search on that platform and find someone who fit our budget and timeline. Plus, I really like that they have user reviews so you can get a sense of how professional they are and the quality of the work they deliver. The Photoshop editor we worked with was really 
nice, so responsive, and she did a fantastic job. So whether you're launching your first business or scaling your current business, or you're in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is there to help. Their platform makes it easy to find a freelancer who's ready whenever you are. And their freelancers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. So this is really a network of quality talent you can count on. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code DREAMJOB. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code DREAMJOB. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code DREAMJOB. We've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Whether you're looking to add stable cash flow through dividends or you prefer long-term growth through appreciation, they've got you covered. Their team of real estate professionals carefully vets and actively manages all of their real estate projects. Plus, their website is super easy to use. It lets you track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash dream job to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E.com slash dream job to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash dream job. You've done so many homes. Like how do you not run out of ideas truly? Like how do you always, and how does it stay fresh for you so that you're still as excited as you seem? Well, Part of it is just not taking ourselves too seriously. We really enjoy getting to know the homeowners, being a part of that process, customizing. Like we're very collaborative designers. We want to make sure that this is a home, our homeowners feel like it's home. And you know, if we were to go in and just do something we want to do, which some designers do, they don't listen to the homeowner. They do what they think is nicest. How is that customized to the person that you're working with? So, yeah. and also design is changing too. There's even stuff that we did you know, 20 years ago when renovating houses that we would not do today because things change in time. Well, there's more technology, there's better function that we can get, automation and, and you know, greener options in a home is, is what's important nowadays too. But I just think uh, for us to keep it fresh though, the different shows that we do, so Brother versus Brother premiering September 9th on HGTV is so exciting because we're always one-upping it. And this season, it's actually renovating in Hancock Park where I live. And so I feel like I have the upper hand, but the challenge this season is doing historic homes. This is one of the most expensive neighborhoods in LA, but to also have historic homes, which brings a whole other bag of uh, restrictions, it was really exciting as a challenge. Yeah. So cool. And Celebrity so IOU. Cool. That's a whole other aspect that's really fun oh, yeah. too. We've, so if you saw the season one, we are now halfway through casting season two. We started season two. So if you thought last season was good, Get ready. This is what's amazing about the two. I feel like you're an endless well of creativity. Like you, if you already just did the one thing, it's amazing. It's like more than anyone's ever done in their life. And you're like, what about this idea? How about this show? Like you've literally built a huge brand. It's a business. It's got every single thing in it. What do you think is the recipe for being that good in business? Like there's so much happening. I feel like it's any day you're going to come out with the next thing and the next, like it'll never end. It's, it's kind of amazing. Well, you have to think about what your strengths and weaknesses are and you have to be honest with yourself and with your partners about that. So we know our strengths and weaknesses and how we balance each other out. There's not a problem identifying your weakness. It means that you can identify how to resolve that. I love problem solving. Everything we do in our business lives and our real estate projects, the designs, it's all problem solving. But, you know, I think, the challenge is you get some people who are really creative and, and historically this is sort of a fact creative people tend to not be good business people and vice versa. It's business true. people don't tend to be good creative people. There's a way to find balance between the two. And, and even in our partners and in, in Drew's wife, Linda and my girlfriend, Zoe, they're these incredibly creative people who it then amplifies that creativity in us. And it's mm -hmm. just this perpetual cycle. I, I also think too, there's that, as Jonathan said, being honest with yourself too, a lot of people feel that if they are trying to achieve something, only they are the ones that can do all these things to right. get them there. It's so much better and it's so much easier if you can let go of the reins a little bit to bring in people that are really good at what they do. We could not accomplish what we do if it wasn't for our team. We're, we're, it's like a second family. Think of it this way. If you're hiring someone to run a certain aspect of your business, you're bringing in a stunt double who is better at that than you are. 
Same way as if I was doing a shower scene in a movie, I'd bring in a butt double that's who's going to be better at that. Fun thing. fact, I was Tom Welling's butt double in Smallville, but that's a whole other point, yeah. I love the two of you so much. It's not possible to love you more. And then it just happens. I'm like, I love them more. How is that possible? <laughs> You're so adorable. And I want to say this. I feel like really and truly like what makes you so awesome is just who you are. And I'm just curious what your parents are like because Whoa. you Let's have such a... Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. my God. Mom, mom um, would kill me. But like, I feel like, like in Yiddish, we would say like, you're such a menchy person, like such a, just a real kind, like just a real human. Where do those qualities come from? I feel like you've always been that way. Well, it is. I mean, we were, we were the same. We're just, we're sort of driven and passionate and our parents encouraged that from a young age. They always told us, you know, if someone says you can't do something, find five ways to do it. Never let someone stand in the way of your passion. I think always getting that sort of encouragement as kids was I think balancing it as well with like the, I remember dad said a long time ago that there is a path to the top that doesn't involve stepping on people to get there. Yeah. And so that's been pretty important. And not to mention mom would kick our butts if we, you know, got any kind of an yeah. ego. So, you know, one thing I think I actually is a good part of, of their parenting though, too, is they were strict, but they were fair. Um, and the way they encouraged us, but when we set our mind to something like if we said we wanted to start our own business, they made sure we didn't step back and then just say we wanted it, but then just didn't do it. They always made sure they would check in with us. They would keep us accountable. And I, I really do think that's what has really helped encourage our work ethic is they made sure that we followed through with anything that we were saying that was important to us. That's so awesome. That's so amazing. And you have so much cool stuff going on, including your show, which is coming out again, which is so fun. What's the thing you're both thinking that our audience would be most excited about seeing in this season? Uh, season seven of Brother vs. Brother. I mean, I'm coming off two previous wins, so Drew's desperate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. knowing that this is actually Drew's neighborhood, I bought the house next to where Drew and his wife live. And so this of is- Of course you did. The rubbing in can't get any closer to home for Drew. I can if spy I win, on him. So. It's, it's so I can spy on him. What I actually think the fans are going to love is, because we're, we're just nerds all around, and so the, the rewards, you know, Brother vs. Brother, if, if anybody hasn't seen, before it's a challenge the two of us and it, there, every episode is revealing a different area of the home and then we're judged by other hgtv hosts they don't know whose house is whose the winning brother gets a reward losing brother gets a punishment i don't know why i pointed at jonathan for that but oh. uh anyway so we have rewards that are epic to the city we're in so in la one of our episodes there is an epic this was actually shot prior to covid isolation but it was an epic uh experience at disneyland i won't say anymore you have to watch it and another one was actually because we're nerdy superhero Marvel fans, the company that makes the muscle suits for the superheroes, they made a muscle suit for the winning property brother. Oh my God. It is awesome. Okay. And before you guys hop off, since people who listen to podcasts, it shows that they're more likely to listen to more and you have one. Tell me about your podcast and tell me about why on earth do you want to have a podcast on top of the 67 other things you have to do every day? Yeah. You know, honestly, so it's my wife, Linda and me, we have a podcast called At Home. And at home is all about Linda and me taking a step back because we do have busy lives, uh, but taking a step back to spend more time together, quality time, having amazing conversations with inspiring guests. And so we have had Jonathan and Zoe on, you know, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. We just did a, a series. We brought in three experts talking about racial literacy. And so for us, it's really important to have these real deep conversations about what's important in life. And everything in life starts at home. So it's not at home as in design and renovation, unless that's important to you. But we, we dig deeper into what's important in life uh, starting at home. Yeah, check it out. When do you actually sleep? Like, I feel like you're the two most productive people. We're plugged had. in right now. Yeah, you realize we're recharging right now. We're, we're Canadian <laughs> robots. Yeah, yeah. there are 10 of us. Okay, so last question is, looking back, I'm sure there were moments when you fell on your face, right? Something didn't work. Although it's, it's literally hard to even envision that. I'll tell you why. A, you have such a positive outlook. I feel like you will just roll with it. And B, you're just the two of you. So it's hard to picture you failing at something. But if you did early on, like what did you do to get through that? And what would your advice yeah. be to somebody who goes through rejection or failure? Well I think one aspect, you know, I've always been passionate about acting and directing. I just love scripted film or, or TV. And that was my original passion before getting into unscripted and, and real estate hosting. So for me, though, as an actor, you have to 
learn to take rejection because you you don't book 99% of what you go out for. And so for I, me, I had the same with my dating life. I had to yeah. get used to rejection. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens. To the Boy, did that work out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's the thing there for me. It was really important to assess why I wasn't booking the roles that I wanted to be honest with myself. And at first I wasn't, I was thinking like, this is ridiculous. I should, I nailed that in the room. Why didn't I get it? But then understanding that different people have different perspectives or things that they're looking for. So you're never going to please everybody. And then once I became more comfortable with self analysis, I think it did help me with what I was moving towards. I think as well with myself, you know, I wanted to be the next David Copperfield when I was younger. And, you know, so I had studied magic and I, you know, lived and breathed it. And, I put my trust in the wrong people and, and I got scammed when I was in my teens, fresh out of you know, school. I, well, I guess maybe I was 19, I think. Fresh out of time. magic school? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up getting scammed by this guy who stole everything I had. He stole all my props. He stole my lights, everything. And, um, oh and that was a sobering moment where I had yep. to get a real job and you know, actually make an income. So mm. I thought that that was sort of the end of my dream. I still perform for fun every now and then and, and do charitable things, but it's, you know, we went on this new life course when it, that steered us in the direction of property brothers and real estate. And we managed to blend our passions for construction and design and television. And Yeah. To, to think about that, the things that we were passionate about before, passions can change. I mean, that's an important thing for people mm. to realize what I was passionate about at 10 or 20 is not the same as what I'm passionate about now. You know, family is my biggest passion now. And to be able to, to grow a family and have my own kids one day is a really important thing. But yeah, if you continue to learn off of any trips along the way, it's not a failure. It's just that growth cycle. I'm still- That, that is such a powerful lesson. One of the most powerful lessons I think we've heard so far, because when Jenna Fisher was here, she was talking about how her, her husband also wanted to be an actor. And, you know, the doors really opened for her, but they didn't for him. And he had the ability to sort of pivot. And what you just said is so powerful. Because now looking at the two of you, it's like it's hard to envision you wouldn't make the next David Copperfield or the best actor, but you found your calling because you were willing to let go of the how it had to look. Like you had the humility to be like, what does the world want me to do? Like, I don't have to control it, which is so important. You let go of a dream that you thought it had to be to, to find something. Well, anytime I talk to a young person and they say, oh, I haven't figured out what I want to do. I tell them, I can't guarantee you anything in life, what's going to happen, but I can guarantee you this. No matter how hard you try and figure out where you're going to be in 20 years, maybe even in 10 years, you will not figure it out. It is right. literally impossible. So don't worry about it. You're going to change your mind. You're going to live life. You're going to meet somebody. You're going to you know, have kids. You're going to have a career change. Whatever it is, you cannot figure it out. So don't waste the energy stressing about yeah, it. Go after your passions, but don't stress about it. It's everything. You're like everything. It's like the rocky road, but you also get the mint chip and the strawberry and it's so good. Okay. So tell us where we can Wait. find your podcast. Where can we find the show? Where can we do all the things and be around you? Yeah. I mean, if you go on social uh, or YouTube, it's at home. So youtube.com slash at home or anywhere podcasts are listened to apple.co slash at home. If you want to figure out anything we're doing, just go to the scottbrothers.com and, you know, September 9th, HGTV, yeah. Brother versus Brother season seven, going down. Smackdown. The Brother versus Brother Smackdown. You're completely delightful. And thank you so much for being here. What a, what a treat. What a thank pleasure. you. Thank you. We'll see you again soon, I'm sure. How awesome are they? I just can't believe that we got to sit down together and they couldn't have been more down to earth and adorable. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, be yourself and have fun. Number two, when you're passionate about something, go all in. Number three, no one will go out of their way to make you a success. It's on you. Find the opportunities to put yourself out there and take a risk. Number four, failure is one of the key components of success. If you learn from any trips along the way, it's not a failure. It's part of the growth cycle. Number five, put the little distractions aside. Break down the big vision into achievable chunks. Number six, be honest about your strengths and weaknesses. There's no shame in identifying your weaknesses. It means you can identify how to resolve it. Number seven, if someone says you can't do it, go find Find five ways to do it. Never let someone stand in the way of your passion. And number eight, no matter how hard you try to know where you're going to be in five or 10 years, you won't figure it out. You'll change your mind. You're going to live your life. So just don't worry so much about it. 
Okay, I have a few more things to talk about with you, but first a quick ad break. Indeed knows it's a cautious time for businesses across America. Uncertainty flavors every decision, every financial commitment is vetted, and now your next important hire is more crucial than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. It's awesome because you have full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, so remember, the doors to my signature program made to do this are open until this coming Friday night, September 11th at midnight EST, and we are almost at full capacity. That is a true story. So do not wait until the last minute. If you're thinking about it, but you're kind of on the fence, I wanted to share a couple super inspiring stories from amazing made to do this graduates, Jillian Soprano and Nadine Kenny Johnston. We had them on the show a few months ago, but here they are to give us an update on what's happened since they've now been out of the program for a few months. And they're also going to address some of the fears that they dealt with. And I think that this might feel really good and supportive to you. So let's take a listen. Jillian, so why don't you talk a little bit about how you even came up with your offer and and what it is that you do? Yeah. When I started uh, Made to Do This, I had an idea of what my business was. I actually had just applied for um, my sole proprietorship. Like I had a whole idea and I also had a goal. I knew that I wanted to be doing this full time by November of 2020. So I started the program and I was originally intending on my one offer of my business was going to be letterpress wedding stationery. So I own a vintage letterpress. He's amazing. His name is Gordy. He's 133 years old Mm. and he chills out in my garage and we get to work (laughs) together and I love it. And so that was my plan. That was my ambition. And then in kind of the beginning of the program, COVID happened. And, you know, I had all of these things on my calendar, like go to these wedding trade shows and market to these event planners. And I had done all this research on the back end, um, you know, to support that. And right at the time when COVID was hitting was when we were really talking about asking our audience what they needed from us. And I had been dabbling in greeting cards because we just got out of the holiday season from 2019 and I had some cards here locally. And so I had already had an exercise where I walked into the card shop and I asked them like, what do you need? Like, what kind of cards do you need? And that created such a great conversation that actually went onto my Instagram and I just talked to my audience and I said, what do you need from me right now? Yes. And a lot of the answers I got were things like, you know, condolence cards and like ways to stay connected and, you know, fun calligraphy videos. People love to watch because they're calming. Yeah. And I just made a list. And I just went through and was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to try to come here every day and serve you with something that helps you pull away a little bit from the ugliness that's happening right now, but also saddle up closer to the people who matter to you. And from that was born probably my favorite thing that I'm ever going to do. I know it. It's just my favorite thing, which is the Better Mail Club, where everyone who joins gets three cards that I make just for that month. They're all limited edition on my letterpress and three stamps. So they don't have to do anything, but just fill them out and send them and stay connected and nurture and deepen their relationships with their friends and loved ones. And it like, I'm like shaking right now because the response I've gotten back, like the power of writing a letter It doesn't have to be long. It could be like five words, but the power is so deep. And then I have the people tell me on the back end, or I'll have the receiver of the card tag me in a post where they're talking about it, how much it's bright in their day. It's like, it's like sailing me emotionally every day. 
I get emotional when I think about it and just feeling how in alignment you are and how important this is. And, you know, we talk about it in the program, like really this is about changing the whole paradigm, right? It's really, yes, we're going to give you the steps and we do talk about asking your audience what they need, which is so crucial, right? Um, And people just simply forget to do that, right? So we take guesses and then things don't work and we're like, oh, darn it. It's like, just ask them, right? Make it about that radical empathy. But the biggest piece is the not waiting, but just asking these questions like, what would really light me up? If I could just have a blank canvas and anything goes and I can listen and listen to what people need and then sit with it and get that divine download, what could I create? And you get busy, like making these worlds in your mind and then you actually see it happen, right? It is just so awesome. You're truly, you are truly so creative. Like that is really like making something from nothing. It's amazing. So you created it and there's like a membership to it. So how many people are now a part of this Better Mail Club? We have 50 people in the Better Mail Club, which is huge for me (laughs) because I literally started this three months ago. And my goal is to hit 500 and we're tying it in with, you know, supporting the post office. And I have a whole lovely breakdown how much money we get to contribute to the post office every month by just being a part of this club. But I love what you're talking about is like, for me, it was a mindset shift, a hundred percent. I didn't realize how much I didn't know about myself before made to do this. When I was in the five day challenge, I actually was over in Europe on a work trip. Yeah. And it's like the middle of the night. I'm watching your video at like <laughs> 2 a.m. And, you know, you're talking about the made to do this program. And I'm sitting on the floor and I'm like channeling all of my energy into my phone, trying to like get my boyfriend to text me back to like give me the permission to spend my money to do this program. And I just realized this is an opportunity for me to grow myself. And I stopped waiting for the text message. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for the program. I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to figure out what I've got to do to get to the place I want to be. And I'm so glad I did that because I had a plan and I was ready to carry it out. And the world threw me a wrench. And had I not been in that program, I know I would have crawled under my blanket and just stuck with my career that I was in that I wasn't super happy with for another 10 years, maybe Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have come out. And I was just so happy to be a part of the community, which was priceless, still priceless to me. It literally brought me to a point where I now have the tools, whatever the world is going to throw at me, I am prepared to reevaluate and reassess and make a new plan. And to me, that is the strength I needed. It's just so epic. Like it's just nothing less than amazing. And, and, you know, I have my own edge, right? I have my own upper limit, right? We all have it. And you know why I can re- commit myself to to such a big mission, right? It's because I'm certain of how powerful you are. So my job is to just unhinge you from all the garbage that's been in your way of clear seeing, right? So if I can unhinge you from all those things that condition you to not think out of the box, that condition you to not reach out and ask those questions to those other humans, because it's so scary to ask a question or it's so scary to put yourself out there and get, take, the, take the permission to go live and take a stand and be creative, right? If I can just unhinge you from that, you're magic, you're stardust. We're all made of the same source energy, which is the creator of this universe. So it's like, I just got to unhinge you from that. And it's like, I'm just going to watch you go, you know, that was amazing. You're such a bright light. Okay. So Nadine, can you tell us a little bit about your awesome story? Like it just doesn't end. Like, it's like, is there more? Yes, there's more. Tell us a little bit about you and what you've been doing. Sure. So first I want to say, if you hear any background noise, it's because my family bought an Airstream and we've been road tripping. So we are in the middle of Wisconsin. I love that. I love that. And Fresh it's air. as a result of 
the program, right? We never would have been able to do this had I not taken your coaching program. So I am an author and I'm a writing coach and I help women write and publish their books and stories. But also as a result of your program, Kathy, I now help women authors build their platforms because that was one of the major things that women writers were like, okay, I wrote the book and now hopefully somebody else will do the job of promoting me and getting my work out there and building the publicity around me. I'm like, no, actually that's on you, sadly. So here's how you do it. So I came to your program, Kathy, because I was individually coaching women and I was tapped out. I was tapped out on time, right? There are only certain hours in a week. And I could only do work with one person at a time. I felt like I wasn't charging enough. I felt like there was so much potential and I could see it, but I just didn't know how I could possibly accomplish it. And really what like put me over the edge where I was just like, I have to do this, even though financially I I wasn't sure, like, is this feasible? Is this the right choice? The thing that pushed me over was, of course, your challenge just made me so inspired. I hadn't felt that way in so long. And I was like, if someone is making me feel this way with a five-day challenge, I can't imagine what she'll do over 12 weeks. So first it was the fire. And then everything that was in addition to that, I was like, okay, I'm going to have accountability coaches. And there are these bonus sessions. And like, this would be ridiculous not to do it. (laughs) It got to the point where I was like, if I don't do this, then something's wrong. And so I signed up and I am so grateful because I just originally was hoping I would find a better way to like run my business and, and be able to charge more. But because of you, I had so many light bulb moments. So for a long time, I had had this weird idea where, you know, people go to the gym in the morning to exercise, right? And I always felt so lonely as a writer. And I just felt like writers need workouts too, like writing workouts. And I would just call it that to my friends. I would say, you know, I really one day want to have like a writer workout. Like I want to have like a gym for writers where we get together, we write together, and then we share our work with each other on a regular basis. And so as a result of your program, I created a writer workout membership We meet every Monday. I get on Zoom. We have a craft talk. I get them inspired. I do like scene development visualizations with them. We write together for 25 minutes and then we share our work with each other. And I have 30 members in the group and it's amazing. They all love each other now. They're their own community. It's incredible. They publish their stories. Now they're getting traction. It's just this ripple effect. And it's so incredible to watch. And then as a result of working with you, I, you were like, what about like publicity in your PJs? Right. Because I was (laughs) saying that I had all these authors who wrote their books and they were ready to publish them. And they were like, oh, great. Now COVID like, I finally achieved my writing dream. And now I can't go into a bookstore and read my work. I can't go on tour. I can't do anything. What do I do? So you coached me through this beautiful idea which is now my signature program. It's the author activator program. I activate authors to build their platforms authentically. That's a key thing. Like people are just feeling like I'm an introverted author. This feels so icky. I don't like what? And I guide them on how to do it authentically. And I'm now launching my next group. I have a level one, a level two. I'm launching my fall cohort. It's become like the thing that I do because of you. I'm so grateful for you. I can't even put it into words. I'm so grateful for you. And you guys are just like, you know how I feel like we're the same, right? Like we always say like, we're each other's people. Like if we met at summer camp, we'd be like, oh, you're my person. Thank God. There's somebody real and vulnerable, right? Like I feel like we were the kids. We tolerated high school. Like we, it was okay. We, We like pretended that we really got along with all these people, but we're like, I'm super sensitive and vulnerable. And like, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm just like trying to get through with all this stuff and all these gossipy people or whatever it is. Everyone's trying to be cool. And I'm, I'm just in here somewhere. Right. And then we find (laughs) each other in this really big world. It's the best feeling in the world. It's like, who else should win? If not you guys, I'm so in awe. And what's really cool is that you do spend time with each other and you stay together after. So what happens is having that group of like-minded people who are like, 
I'm here for the up level. Like I'm in this. Like, so you keep each other sort of like playing a bigger game. And I think you feed off of each other and support each other. And then you have this like super clear energy around you. You know, it's like you're just calling in just such a different vibe. And I, I watch you do that for each other the whole time. I'm always saying that in the program. I'm like, thank you for holding space like this, because the way that you guys hold space for each other, I don't do that by myself. I mean, I am so grateful. I mean, I'm just, I love you guys so much. I wish I could have you over, um, but I love that you are you and that you're doing your thing in the world. It's only just going to keep rippling. And if there's any way I can keep supporting you, like I'm so here for that. I want to tell you the three biggest things that come up in people's stuff. The first of course is the, you know, we, we all have a money thing. I mean, money is so tied to so much and people really, really believe, and I don't blame them, right? Like I cannot afford to do it. And these are the facts, right? And part, why do we have beliefs? Because we believe that the past will predict the future, right? So if we haven't made money, we believe that we won't. If we don't really believe that we're confident enough or worthy enough to put an offer out, why would we think we'd be able to just generate money? Why would we think that we've been able to generate money if we, if we tried something in the past and that didn't work, right? So there's a, and then there's just like, you know, we look at a bank account and we say like, oh, this says, you know, a certain amount of money and like, it's just not there. So we kind of believe that it's not there in the universe, right? Like no one else has the money or no one's going to pay me for this thing. So what do you think about that? Cause that's a pretty big one to sort of untether for people. And I'm just curious if you each, or one of you, whoever wants to just share, if someone says, I can't afford to do this program, like what comes up for you? Can I chime in? Because I was one of those people. I was raised very frugally and it was like, invest what in me. Right. And I put it on a credit card and which I was always advised not to do growing up, no credit cards, but as a result, so think about this all through COVID, even if my husband's worried about losing his job, it doesn't matter because we are foolproof now. So I don't have to sit here in fear if he might lose his job, that we have to worry about our house foreclosing or something like that. We don't have to worry now because of this. So the investment I gained back immediately. And on top of that, I get to give scholarships to writers in need. So the ripple effect continues. So if you are one of those people who's just like, I don't know, I really can't afford this. I hear you. I promise you, if you put the time and effort into it, it will rejuvenate and come back to you so many times it multiplies and then it goes out to other people. So I am so glad I made the investment. Oh my God. I didn't even know the detail of that, but I mean, wow. What a gift you're giving me today. I feel like this is like Christmas and my birthday. It's like everything's stacked up because that's exactly what I want, right? That's what I set out to do. And then to see it happen, it's just the coolest thing ever. Does anyone else want to share? And you don't have to. Well, I feel like it's all about investing in yourself. And I have some friends who their courses are based on self-improvement and we constantly brainstorm just the fact that the thing people will have the hardest time investing in is themselves. And for me, I had that moment. I was sitting on the floor. It was such a big risk. If you told me that it was $3,000 to go to a Taylor Swift concert, I'd have my credit card out in a heartbeat because I love that girl and I love live music. But when you tell me it's $3,000 to invest in myself, to bring myself up to the next level, I'm suddenly like, oh, I don't make enough for that. I don't make enough for that. But I turned that voice off and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. I am going to pull out my credit card and I'm going to figure it out. And you know what I did? I did and I did it really quickly and it felt great. It's so true. The other thing that comes up for people is the, I'm just not ready. Like I'm not ready. And a lot of people feel, and I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. They really feel convinced that if I don't know what I want to do, like if I'm not clear, I'm not going to invest because 12 weeks goes by like that. And, and I won't, I won't do anything with it because I don't have clarity, right? I don't have clarity. And I, I, what I need, people think I need to go get the clarity before I do the program. So I need to go figure myself out and start something. And then once I'm started, I'll do the business just to grow it. What do you think about that? I'm not ready. And, and do you think that, you know, this program is good for someone who doesn't know what they want to do? Should you have that all figured out? Should you have the business first? What do you guys think about that? I, I see people in, in a few different tanks, right? There's the people who have the long list of stuff, like they could write a list all day long of stuff they want to do. 
And then there's people who like, they're just totally uncertain. Like you can ask them just totally uncertain. And then there's someone like I was going into the program where I had a plan. Oh yeah. And I thought I absolutely knew what I was going to do. And truth be told, all three of those groups of people need the same foundational support, which is really getting in touch with yourself, figuring out what demons you need to stare in the face. And, you know, looking at your young seven-year-old self, talking to her, nurturing her, figuring out what was she after? What would she be proud of? And then doing the work week by week to build something that's around that. I think no matter where you are in the journey, you need that. You need that even if you're already making money from your business, you need that. Because at some point in time, you know, you'll want to grow your business or you'll you'll want to hire people on. And if you don't know who you are at a core, you don't know who your business is at a core. Mm. And so I found so much value there. And obviously, because I had to do a bit of a pivot as well. So I think it's actually better if you don't have a plan, because you really get to use this time to explore Mm. who you are and, and what you can really bring to the world. I love that. Wow. I agree. I so agree with Jill because I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but I mean, think about plans. Could anyone have predicted 2020? Could any of one have predicted the pandemic? Any, I had plans to do in-person retreats with my chef husband, right? (laughs) And that changed. So even those who go in with a plan will have light bulb moments that they never could have expected. So even sometimes it's better to go in when you don't have any clue what you might do because you're open. You are, you are like a sponge open to the world. Yeah. I really feel that the, the clarity comes from the action and it's just amazing how, when we are willing to let go of the plan and step into the unknown, Oh, that's when like the best divine downloads come in. I think one thing that came up yesterday is that somebody, one of the girls on the call was saying, what's really interesting is that people will spend money on a college course. You know, they'll spend money, get that four-year degree. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Although at this point, being an entrepreneur and having conversations with people like James Wedmore, having conversations with people like Barbara Corcoran, I'm like, I don't know how I really feel. My husband and I debated. I'm like, I don't know if I want my kids for sure to go to college because so much is in the doing. I just don't know how much college is really about your career because it's very theoretical, right? Like you sit in a college class and there's a case study about such and such. And it's some, we're, we're learning general techniques about advertising, but in our program, and I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I've really done my absolute best to look at the actual steps that it's taken me to build a business, to start to make money and said, we are going to hold your feet to the fire. This is your homework this week. You have to go do this. And it's not theory. It's like, this is the steps. And so I wonder how that, what about that process, that method? Because everyone has a different method, right? You know me, I'm not into webinars, I'm not into funnels. I have my method. And it's very sort of like what I think is the basics to building an authentic business based around that empathy. What about that process helped crystallize for you how to actually put this stuff into, into play? I said it earlier, but the homework was to go on our Instagram and ask our audience what they needed. My whole business, the money that comes in every month is from that homework assignment. Um, But I do, I 100% agree with you because our pod from our group, we all still meet. And um, any of us who took action, you could tell where we are versus a few of us who took action, but in a much slower way, maybe because they weren't sure, should I go this road? Should I go that road? But just taking the action gives you an answer. It gives you, it lets you know, yes, this is for me. No, this is not for me. Yes. There's an audience for this. No, there's not an audience for this, but without actually doing the action, like you could try to research the heck out of it. You could journal the heck out of it. You could do all that stuff, but until you make something or until you put an offer in front of somebody, you won't have any answers. And so for me, having that homework and the incentive to do the homework and to show up every week and get it done, I would not be here. I wouldn't have my business. I wouldn't have, you know, a projection for what the end of 2020 is going to look like the way that I feel like I deserve to have it. 
And, mm-hmm. and it's all from that process of taking action. Completely agree. That's that same assignment. Those implementation moments were huge. I got an MFA in creative writing and no one ever, none of my college professors ever said, now I'm going to teach you how to make money as a writer. Like no mm-hmm. one ever taught that course. And it's mind blowing. But the thing I think that was a a nugget that I loved from you, Kathy, was that you don't have to have 10,000 followers. What you helped us do was take what we already had. And that was so refreshing. I was terrified. Like, I'm an introvert at heart. I didn't want to go out and find 100,000 followers. And what you had was you were reminding us of the community that we already have that we could tap into and then grow from there. So the majority of what the business that I get is from my lovely community of email lists, of my email lists. Like mm-hmm. that is what I base all of my business off of is my growing email list that grows authentically. And that's what I started with because you had an implementation moment where it's like, okay, email your group, email the people, you know, message them. What do you need? And it was like, oh, duh, (laughs) we can do that. Oh yeah. So most of what we have is already right there within us. And that was so refreshing to hear. Oh, I love that you said that. And I so agree with that. Boy, do I agree with that? Because I think, you know, it's always these stories we're committed to that determine the actions we take. And when you have a belief that in order to be successful, you would first need to build your email list to 100,000. You would first need to have 50,000 people at least on your Instagram. It's like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I, I don't want to even have to, first, I don't want to wait that long. Second, I don't even know how to get six comments on my post, let alone try to build this thing. So it feels really defeating. And I'm always about like, just take messy action, right? And just like, be the girl next door. Don't try to worry about smooth copy, like be a human being, right? Make the relationship and you already have relationships, right? And each one of those people knows on average 400 people. So if each one of those people you serve told one person, right? You just doubled the amount of clients you have, right? And it starts to grow. And and it really is about the quality of the intimacy, right? And you guys are so good at it. It's so obvious how real and genuine you are, right? So that creates intimacy, which makes people say like, I just like her. Who do people buy from? People they like and they trust you. And then they're like, I want to tell my friend about you, right? I I love everything that you guys are saying. And it's just such a beyond the greatest gift to be with you, to see you being you. And, And it's so generous of you to make me feel seen. So I just really don't even have the words that would communicate the kind of thank you that I want to say, but I'm so appreciative and grateful for you. I love you guys so much. Have a beautiful day and more soon. Oh, I'm just so grateful to get to work with such amazing souls. Like really and truly, it is such an honor. I listen to these folks speak and I, I just sit back and I tears, the tears just come. I'm so grateful that I get to play any little role in helping people shine their light. It's such an honor. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that you're incredibly busy. And so you being here is everything because your time is the most valuable thing that you have. So thank you for spending it here. I'm really excited. There's amazing new episodes coming up. So please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss out because subscribing is free. Um, Also, I'm curious, did this episode inspire you? Did it? Is there somebody that you can think of who would get something out of it? Is there one person? If so, do me a favor and share it with them. Text it to them. You can email it to them or go ahead and post about the show on your Instagram and tag me and then I'll repost it. And again, doors to Made to Do This are open till Friday. You can go to madetodothis.com and register if you want. We have an amazing bonus, which ends tomorrow night at midnight, but such good stuff in there. Go ahead to madetodothis.com. You'll get all the details. I love you. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. So many times I chose to run. So many times I held my tongue. I held my tongue. Never saying what I needed to. Scared they walk away. And I would lose. Yeah, I would lose. But now...
I've got the heart of a hero.